Thank you, Sharon. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? I, uh, I'm so, so excited for the Next Gen Conference. Uh, we have prepared a lineup of great speakers. Uh, they are, some of them are experts in the field where they are going to talk. Uh, I really want to invite you to come because uh, we have next-gen leaders from all over North America and Canada that will be arriving here in Seattle too. Uh, as of last week, uh, I was told that there are about a little bit over 125 people that have registered. And, um, and so please register if you have not. It is a free event. Uh, food will be provided free, but please register because if you are not registered, uh, you are not allowed to come in because the committee is going to prepare all of the food to make sure that all of the registrants will receive their food. Uh, we have invited uh, speakers. Uh, we have Pastor Danny Schultz from, uh, from Spokane that will be coming. He is very, uh, very passionate about uh, you know, raising up young leaders to do the work of the kingdom of God. Uh, here in the world, and then we have, uh, you know, Pastor Danny Hanafi, uh, our apostle and uh, senior pastor of IFJF LA, that will be coming to talk about the why of mission and, and working in the kingdom of God. We have Dr. Robert Campbell. Uh, he is a professor at the Northwest University for Mental Health, and he's going to talk about how to overcome mental health. You know, I've been studying about mental health uh, over the past few weeks. I didn't realize of how much, how big of a percentage actually for Gen Zs. You know, there are about 45% of Gen Zs that declare themselves having mental health issues. 42%. That is high. It's almost one every two Gen Zs are experiencing mental health issues. That's why we invited Dr. Robert Campbell to talk, uh, not only to talk about the issue, but he's also going to share how do we overcome uh, this mental health issue. So please come, uh, but, but okay, those are great speakers, those are, uh, you know, experts in their field, but what makes me most exciting is the next-gen speakers. Come on, guys. Yeah, we have about 10 next-gen speakers. They are young, young speakers. Uh, those people are under... Uh, under 25, I believe. Most of them are under 25 that are going to be speaking. So, very inspiring. Please register, uh, you know, if possible, uh, sign in today. You know, there is the, uh, if you can show the, the QR code again, uh, if you are parents, um, if you are the Gen X or the baby boomers, uh, I just learned this thing too, you know. So, how does that square thing function? Is that if you have your phone, you open up your camera, Okay, and then wherever you, you are, you can be at the back there. You just need to point at this square here. <laughs> okay, and then something will click in that square, and you just click on it. Isn't that amazing? Wow, I just found out a few months ago that even while you're at the back, you can, you can point it, and then you can click it. It's amazing technology. I know I'm, I'm part of the, the uh, senior millennials. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to, again, extend my warm welcome to all of you to have just Seattle. If this is your first time here, welcome, 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 welcome. And I hope that you can find this a community where you can be a part of and continue to grow your faith journey in this place. If you are tuning in online, thank you so much for tuning in online. How many of you know today is Palm Sunday? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not too many people know what's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the beginning of uh, Easter, uh, where Jesus entered into Jerusalem uh, and to prepare for what God has called him to do. Uh, today, I want to give you a head start 
uh, leading up to next week, a message uh, that gives you the context, the background uh, of what I'm going to share next week. Uh, and I've been studying in this book, uh, it's the book of Ruth for the, you know, for the whole month of March uh, into April. And the book of Ruth is very fascinating. It is so rich with prophetic messages that lead us to Jesus. And uh, of course, the central figure of, of our message and Easter is Jesus, right? And I'm so excited. When I was reading the book of uh, Ruth, I literally spent the whole month of March just in the book of Ruth. Okay, I'm, I went back and forth, went and back and forth in the book of Ruth. Uh, in fact, I asked questions myself, why? What, what's going on? What's, what's this uh, means to me? Uh, and so today, I want to give you a bit of the context so that next week, when I share about the prophetic message, uh, all of you already have the context because I don't have uh, two hours next week to preach to you the whole message of Ruth. Uh, but let me begin today by opening with me in Ruth chapter 1. So today I want to stay in Ruth chapter 1, and we are going to unpack Ruth chapter 1, okay? And there's a lot of things going on in Ruth chapter 1, so I want you to fasten your seatbelt and open up your hearts and receive the fullness of today's message. Because this message is not only for Ruth, not only for Naomi, but it's also for the Naomi's of today and the Ruth of today, which is you and me, okay? Are you guys ready? Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, here's the context. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, so during Ruth's time, it was the judges that ruled Israel, okay? It wasn't a king, so it was the, the judges. A severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name is Elimelech. You know, I'm also very excited today to be preaching this because we are synchronizing with my son who is also sharing in the youth group the same message, the same material. Uh, so we were talking about it yesterday and this morning about Ruth. Uh, and so I'm very excited. Actually, I wish I can be there to listen to him and videotape what he is saying in, in the youth group. Uh, but it's so exciting because this man, his name is Ali Malek and his wife was Naomi. They are two sons, Mahlon and Kilion. Uh, they were Ephrorites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. So basically, there was a famine in the land where they belong, okay? Which is God's land, which is God uh, put them there, okay? Uh, I don't know how many of you are worried today about the circumstances that are coming in the world, especially in America in 2023. You know, I, I've, almost every week I heard another big company is laying off a big percentage of their employees. And we are not talking about hundreds of employees. We are talking about tens of thousands of employees that are going to be been laid off. So people are worried. Famine might be coming uh, to this nation, right? Recession is here. Uh, laid off is already in progress. Some of you might have experienced uh, uh, those laid off. The same way with Ali Malik. They are in that place where Famine was there, hardship was there, and they made the decision to go and change to a better life. They moved their family from, uh, from Judah to Moab, and I want you to know, Moab is actually an ungodly city where people worship idols. So it's a city that is full of sin, that is so uh, immoral, uh, and Elimelech decided to take his family from the land of God into Moab. Okay? Listen, listen. I'm not against anybody wanting to move for a better life. 
I think all of us want a better life. How many of you agree? How many of you like, you know what, kids, my wife, let's move to some place that will give us hardship. I don't think anybody will ever say that, right? People say, hey, let's move because there is a better life. So that's what Ali Malek was trying to do. He said, my darling, Naomi, and my sons, let's move to Moab. Despite of Moab's situation, Moab was a, a bad place. Moab was an immoral place. Moab was a place where idols are worshipped, but they moved them there. Most of us will agree that we make changes in our lives so that we can have a better life. True? Some of you migrated to America because you want to pursue the American dreams, right? That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, and I'm sure that there are seasons of famine in your life that you need to make some changes. That's okay too, okay? And in the case of Ali Malek, he decided to take his wife to Moab. And Moab is about 40 miles from Bethlehem on the opposite side of the Dead Sea. So uh, from Genesis 19, we can see that the land of Moab was an ungodly place. In fact, the man who is the father of the city was a product of incest between Lot, which is Abraham's nephew, and the oldest, son, uh, oldest daughter. There is an incest going on, and he became the founder of that city. So it was a very corrupted city, okay? And the people who lived there, which is called the Moabites, they worship other gods. They worship idols, okay? And then here, Ali Malek, he moved to Moab, and, and my number two point is that change for a better life that turned into a tragedy, okay? I don't know how many of you resonate with this, is that you move to another place, you, you, uh, you change to a better place, but instead turns into a tragedy. Let's read, okay, in verse 3. We're still in Ruth chapter 1, verse 3. He said, then Ali Malek died. The father of the house died, okay? Listen, today, as a single mom, it's not easy. But in those days, single mom is a death sentence. It's different. Today, single mom, it's not easy, challenging. But in those days, single mom, death sentence. You're basically done. There's no hope for you. There's no future for you. Elimelech died. Naomi left with her two sons, and the two sons married a Moabite woman. One married a woman named Orpah. Uh, I was just told by Kelsey that actually Oprah, how many of you know Oprah? Right? Yeah, the other God. <laughs> yeah. Actually, o Oprah's name should be Orpah, but when the auntie uh, wrote in the birth certificate, she misspelled. <laughs> Instead of Orpah, it becomes Oprah. Just funny, 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 funny note, okay? Because we were talking on the, on the car this morning because, you know, Connor was sharing. So we we're talking about Ruth. And then Kelsey is like, by the way, do you guys know Oprah? It's like, oh yeah, side note. <laughs> okay. Okay, back, back to Ruth. The other woman's name was Ruth. Okay. And uh, again, um, another, another side note is that Ruth is actually uh, kind of, uh, what do you call that? Uh, revealing the end of the story is that Ruth was actually the great, great, great grandmother of the King David. Spoiler, spoiler, okay? But it's okay so that you understand the context of the story. So uh, the, other, the other woman was Ruth, but about 10 years later, both Mahlon and Kilian also died. Can you imagine being Naomi, husband died, and then 10 years later, both sons died? Okay, there is no words to even describe how she felt. 
it is, it is just very devastating for her. Now, not only you are a widow, you are a widow with, your, you know, with no sons, and you are left with two daughter-in-laws. Okay, this situation is really tragedy. It's really bad, okay? And the event of our life sometimes takes a turn into something that could be disappointing. Your life, you're trying to pursue a better life, but then it turned into something that's like Naomi, devastating, disappointing, death. Instead of chasing the American dream, now you are left with nothing. At this point, just like Naomi, you can give up, be bitter, and you blame everything and everyone, including God. I don't know how many of you are in this position where you are blaming everything. You are blaming everyone. You are blaming your dad. You are blaming your mom. You are blaming your wife, your husband, your children. You are blaming God. You are blaming everyone. When I read these two verses, the Lord reminded me, you know, the condition of Naomi is actually the condition of many, many of us. Including my own life. Life in a foreign land, which is this earth. I'm not talking about America, but this earth, this is our foreign land. Because our home is not this earth. Our home is in the heaven, right? But this is our foreign land with no hope, no love, and no future. I want you to imagine yourself being a Naomi at that moment. Or maybe you are already a Naomi right now. You don't even have to imagine it. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's my life. I'm so disappointed. I'm so devastated. I'm so bitter. You know, in fact, in Ruth, let me see. What, what, uh, I wrote an extra message here. In Ruth chapter 1, verse uh, 20, uh, actually when she went back to Judah, this is the first statement that she said to the people in Judah. She said, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Mara means bitter. She declared herself bitter. He said, please don't call my name anymore. I'm so greatly disappointed. I'm so bitter. Just call me bitter. Mara. Okay. And I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me? And the Lord has brought calamity upon me. Who made the decision to move to Moab? Is it the Lord? Or is it themselves? But again, I understand. If you are greatly disappointed, you are devastated, you are hurt, I understand you are going to blame God for it. I understand that. But please hold on, okay? Just listen. Listen because you are going to understand what's going to happen to Naomi and Ruth in, in a few minutes here. So now here's Naomi. Without God, their lives look pretty much hopeless and helpless, just like Naomi. Mind you, for a widow like Naomi and Ruth, this is a death sentence. Their destiny will be nothing short of death. There was no future for them as a woman during those times in a foreign land. No hope, no safety. They could be raped. They could be taken advantage. They could be sold as slaves. Nothing to protect them. They cannot even go to court to ask for protection. Nothing. And nobody is going to defend them because serves you right. That's 
your life, that's your destiny. That's what the world is trying to tell us. It's like, serves you right. That's your destiny. But before I go to point number three, I want to read the following passages, okay? From Ruth chapter one, verse six to nine. Listen to this. He said, when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. I believe that Naomi was a godly woman. Okay. There is something in her that know God. Okay. Because there is some evidence in these uh, three, three verses. Okay. He says, and she and her daughter-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, this is where I felt like she knows about God. She knows of the God of Israel. She knows of the God of Judah. That's why she said this. Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness. So I, I believe that, I think Naomi, even though she was living in a foreign land, she was living in an ungodly land, I believe she has shared to her son and to her daughter-in-law about the God of Judah, right? Otherwise, she will not say this because the daughter-in-law will be like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense, right? But she very confidently say, may the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. We, all of us, can only find rest in our husband. Okay, I'm not trying to be politically crazy here. I'm not talking like, oh, man marrying another husband. What it's trying to say here is that Jesus is our husband and the church is the bride. All of us can only find rest when we meet with Jesus, when we are in Jesus, when we are in relationship with Jesus. Because otherwise, the, they are all under the death sentence. Death is their final destiny until you are married to the husband, which is Jesus. It's talking about a foreshadowing of Jesus, okay? Then Naomi said, uh, where, where am I? Find rest. Naomi clearly knew God. She had talked about and shared about God of Israel to her children, to her daughter-in-law. Uh, Ruth had heard about God. I'm sure Ruth had somewhat heard about this God. You know, she might not understand fully who this God is, but she had heard about it, you know. How many of you are feeling that way, right? I, I came from that background. I came from a non-Christian family, and uh, I've heard about, about Jesus. I've heard about, uh, you know, the Christian religion. I heard about it, but I honestly don't understand the whole scope of who he is. Maybe Ruth the same way. Yeah, I've heard about him. I've heard about the God of Israel. But I don't know who he exactly is. Naomi also heard that the Lord was doing something to his people in the land of Judah. God was providing food in the midst of famine. Listen, okay, some of us might be trying to figure things out in the season of famine. But I want you to know that our God is a God of provider. In the midst of famine... God will come to the aid of His people and provide with provision. So I want you to just be patient, just trust in God, and allow God to give you the provision that you need. Okay, yes, the economy is, is running wild, there is recession going on, but we are not living under the world economy, we are living under the kingdom economy. 
So I want you to be patient. I want you to put your trust in the Lord because our God is going to do something to the rescue of you and me. So point number three is Naomi changed direction and head back home. Okay, the word change direction there is also the word that we use that's called repentance. Repentance means change direction, right? Maybe some of you are in this devastating phase of your life. You are greatly disappointed. Some of you might be disappointed with the church of God. I don't blame you. Because sometimes the, God, the, the church of God or the people in the church can be very disappointing. Yes, you, me, and you are hurt by the church of God. But today I want you to know, repent, let's change direction. Some of us might be in the position of leaving church. I want you to turn around, change direction, turn 180 degrees back. Because the safest place is not for you to be away but actually to be back home. Because you can only find rest in home, not outside, just like Naomi. He, she was in the land of Moab. She thought that the land of Judah was having famine. She thought that there would be a better life outside, but the better life would be in the house of the Lord. So change direction and come back home. You know how many of you know that back home, there is no judgment. Back home, there was no judgment. Yesterday in the family care group, we did talk about this, right? We talked about our children needing to know that whatever they did wrong outside of the home, they need to know that no matter what, home is a safe place for them to come back. So change direction and come back home. In Ruth chapter 1, uh, verse 16, so now without a husband, without both of her son. Naomi decided to go back to her hometown. She wants to release her daughter-in-law, basically, because the daughter-in-law does not belong to uh, the land of Judah. They were from Moab. So she wants to release them because, you know, when your husband died, you release of your responsibility of that marriage, right? Till death do us part. And so Ruth spoke like this in verse 16. Oh, uh, Ruth, no. Naomi asked Ruth to go back to the land of, the, of her fathers and of her mothers, but Ruth responded this way, and I want you to listen, because the title of this sermon, I know I kind of late, huh? The title of this sermon is, uh, it changes everything, okay? Uh, Kelsey was asked, what changes everything? He said, your decision changes everything. Sometimes, your one decision changes everything. The same way with Ruth, listen in verse 16. When Ruth made this one decision, it changes everything. Not only it changes her life, but it also changed the direction of history because of the decision that Ruth made. Listen, verse 16. He said, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God, listen, your God will be my God. She did not understand who is the God of Judah at that point. But she said, sign me up. Your God will be my God. 
Take me to the land of your God. Today, some of you might be like Ruth. You are debating between these two worlds, and I want you to make the decision that will change everything. And you want to say it to yourself. He said, you know what? Sign me up. I may not understand the whole scope of who, who this God is, but I want to make your God my God. Verse 17. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. I don't know how many of you need to make that decision today. He said, you know what? I've been living outside. There's hopelessness. There's helplessness. I was bitter. I was disappointed. I was hurt. But today, I want to go to the land of God. I want to return back and go home. I want to make your God to be my God. Today, I want to make that decision. Because that decision that I make today... Changes everything. Got it? Ruth basically saying she will follow Naomi no matter what. She had also declared that the Lord of Israel was her God. And she also basically declared, I'm going to turn away from worshiping other gods. This statement of faith and decision led Ruth to a very fascinating journey and history-making outcome, which I'm going to share with you next week to be continued, okay? But today, I want to take a little bit time for prayers because I want to pray for two groups of people. I want to pray for the Naomi's in this room. Maybe you have been Christian. Maybe you have gone to Sunday school or you have followed your parents to church or you have been serving in church, but for some reason, you were disappointed. You were hurt. And you declare in yourself, I am bitter. I am bitter. I blame everyone. I blame the church people. I blame the church. I blame God. I blame everyone. Because I'm bitter. Because He allowed these things to happen to me. Listen. Listen, listen. You know, the decision was not made by God. The decision was made by and Elimelech. The decision was made by the husband. But instead of blaming the husband, she blamed God. Understandably, because when you are bitter, you don't know who to blame. You just blame anyone that you can blame, right? But I want you to know, even though you are devastated by circumstances, maybe you are in the experiencing tragedy, maybe there are death in your family, or maybe there are sicknesses in your family and you are blaming God for those deaths. You are blaming God for those sicknesses. I want you to know it is not God. Why would a good God that died on the cross so that you may have life gave you death back? That doesn't make sense. Because God died on the cross to give you life, not to give you death. Okay? He took upon himself on the cross for your sicknesses. For your sicknesses, why would a good God that died on the cross to take your sicknesses and to give you back sicknesses? Doesn't reconcile with me. I want you to know it wasn't God. It wasn't God. However, however, God can turn around. God can turn around the, your tragedy 
into your testimony. And I'm going to share more next week. Okay, the fascinating journey and turnaround of Ruth and her life, which is so amazing. And I saw several symbolism of, of Jesus and of the preparation of Jesus in the book of Ruth, chapter 2 to 4, which I'm going to share next week. So don't miss next week. Please invite your friend. If your friend are planning to come uh, next week and they did not come, to, uh, they are not here today, maybe share with them our YouTube link so that they understand the context of where it is because next week I'm going to jump right into Ruth and so on. Okay, I'm not going to give them the context because I've already spent half an hour here spending on the context. But I want to pray today. If I can invite the worship team to come forward. There are two groups of people I want to pray today. The Naomi's. The Naomi's. You're a believer. You're a Christian. But some way along the journey, things happen to you. And you become bitter. And you ask the question, why me? Why me, God? What have you done to me, God? And you have left your faith, your church, your community. Just like Naomi. He said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because I am bitter. I want to pray for you. Whatever your love circumstances, maybe you are experiencing tragedy in your life and you are disappointed. Maybe you are experiencing bitterness in your life, unforgiveness. Maybe you are experiencing sicknesses in your family and you become very anxious. I want you to stand up, make your way to the altar. We lay hands on you. I want to pray for you because it changes everything. Your decision today changes everything. Amen? Number two, uh, this second group of people is the Ruth of today. You are not a believer. You have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But today, you want to make the decision just like Ruth. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your God will be my God. And your people will be my people. So I want you to stand on your feet right now. Everyone, stand on your feet first. And I want to open up the altar here on the front of the stage. If you need any prayer, you are in that two category. You are the Naomi's. You need prayer. Come forward. Don't feel shy. Don't feel ashamed. This is between you and God. Because your decision today, again, changes everything. Amen? And we're going to sing one song. And I want to, again, focus on these two areas first. The Naomi's and the Ruth. Man, this is just, uh, just a symbolism. It does not mean that the man cannot move forward. I'm just saying that people who are experiencing things like Naomi, bitterness, disappointment, devastating, death, tragedy, sicknesses, family reconciliation, restoration. You come forward. There's a lot of needs that, that can be prayed. Do you believe that? That prayer changes everything too. Okay, and then the second group, and I, I want the second group here, the Ruth. If you want to receive Jesus for the very first time, some of you might be in church for a long time. You have been to Sunday school, but you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to just hang around here. So at least I know that you are the one who wants to receive Jesus and make that declaration. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. 
Okay, nothing spooky about this. I just want to bless you with a word of prayer. Amen. Go ahead.